People underestimate connections. The connections are the best thing that you can do for your business. It's not all that you have to do, but you will get so much further ahead if you rely on connections or or make connections. You can create any connection that you want. It may not be with the person you want, but there's somebody similar out there. You have LinkedIn, you have all the social media programs, you can get emails of people. Just ask and reach out and you know have a conversation, ask for help if you need it, see if there's a way to collaborate. So I believe that for any business out there, we as individuals, we need to take care of the opportunities. And what I mean by that is make those connections. Have you ever dreamed of owning a vacation home? What if it could double as an investment property that makes you money and helps you save on taxes? Our new course, Accelerating Wealth, Short-Term Rental Blueprint, will teach you how to purchase and set up your short-term rental the right way. Learn more about the course at semiretiredmd.com slash str hyphen course. When you daydream about your future, I'll bet it doesn't include you still working into your 60s and 70s. But unless you're actively taking steps to break the cycle of trading time for money, that's the future most of us face. Ignite Your Journey will lay out a roadmap to show you how to finally break that cycle and achieve true financial freedom. And it'll show you how to do it in just three to five years rather than the 20 or so it takes for traditional investments or saving in your retirement accounts. For more information, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash IYJ. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, a place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. excited to have Sharon McLaughlin joining us today. She is head of female physician entrepreneurs and has doing incredible things in the space of helping women physicians who are going out and starting businesses. And we really wanted to have her here to talk to us about entrepreneurship and her journey, but also about what she's learned and been able to see going through and helping others become entrepreneurs. Welcome, Sharon. Lesia and Kenji, thank you for having me. And thank you for all the work that you're doing with Semi-Retired MD. It's so important to be able to help others and you guys are doing that. So thank you. Thank you. So Sharon, can you tell everyone who maybe have never seen what you do, all the really incredible things that you're involved in? Well, let's go through my journey. I started off as a plastic surgeon, you know, ideally, right? It was cream of the crop, a hard, hard fellowship to get, and I should have been happy. And I got to the point where I was no longer happy. I felt like I was too much in the business, not running the business, no time. And this was in private practice, mind you. And I definitely ended up in severe burnout. Mm -hmm. And all I can say is it really has to do with what I could have done differently. I believe that I didn't have boundaries. I didn't know how to say no. I was a people pleaser. I had imposter syndrome. And I feel like the more I got tired, like more exhausted, it just wore on me to the point where I was just like, I need to walk away from this practice. I felt like my marriage wasn't good. I wasn't a good mother. I wasn't a good leader. I wasn't a good surgeon. And, you know, looking back, I was good at all those things, but I didn't feel it at the time because I just felt so worn down. 
So I took a job in utilization management. And and prior to leaving my private practice, I had taken some medical coding classes. I had some consulting doing medical coding, doing quality reviews. So for people that are looking to get into utilization management, they'll say, well, how do you get into it? One of the things that you can do is work on one of the committees at the hospital that you're at, you know, a QA, where you're reviewing charts because that all counts. So I took a job in utilization management. The first job didn't pay well at all, but it was a stepping stone. I worked with them for a little over a year. And then I took another job in utilization management. And I've been with that company for nine years. And during that time, I was doing different things. I'm one of those people, probably ADHD. I I get bored easy and I always want to try new things. One of the things I did when I was in practice was I started entrepreneurship as far as a skincare label. I had some silicone gel sheets. I had bilateral mastectomy, so it was very hard for me to find lingerie. I started a lingerie company, and there were other things that I've done along the way, and it was always that, like, what else can I do? And part of that, I think, has to do with, um, which is a problem personally, because I feel like the goal is always moving, and as physicians, I think that we do that to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, with utilization management, it's steady income, and I, I do love that. If it's not the job that I want, I've been able to change it a little bit, whether it's a flexible time on one day, uh, you know, doing clinic, doing the female physician entrepreneurs group, because one of the criteria for working for this company is that we either need to be in clinical practice still, or that we need to be in organizational work. So the FPE counts as your organizational work. And that is like, I think that's so forward thinking, you know, as far as being able to get out into the community and help others. So it always revolves around what can I do to help others? And as physicians, that's what we do. We help others. So I think that need has never gone. It just looks different nowadays. And can like people say, well, oh my goodness, how do you do chart review and chart review? You're right. It does get monotonous after a while. But then I think that I've fulfilled my life with other things outside. And even within the community, you know, there's some work that we're doing in different areas, whether that's special investigations or preventative care or professional development. So I'm very lucky to have the opportunities that I've had. That being said, I think all of us are lucky. We can create opportunities for ourselves if they're not out there. And when I look back when I was burned out, I didn't see opportunities. I I was very lucky to be to have been asked to be on the QA committee because I didn't want to do what I wanted to say no, I felt exhausted. But saying yes to that allowed me to expand those skills. So think about what you can do, what skills you can work on. And again, you may be totally burnt out and not being able to think. But as you slowly start withdrawing a little in the sense that like whatever is causing your burnout, whether that's dropping to half a day a week that you have for yourself, doing more self-care. It and really stepping out. Like we can, I always give the analogy of a really bad relationship. You can be in it and you don't even realize like it just becomes the norm. But one of your friends is going through a difficult time and you look at it and it's like, oh my goodness, she's crazy. Look at all the stuff that's going on. You can see that, but when you're involved in it, you just don't see it for yourself. So one of the things was female physician entrepreneurs group. I started that because I was burned out. I was bored with the, you know, the job that I was doing. And I really think it's so important for women physicians. It's bad to generalize, but 
in general, it's nice to have a voice. So what can you do for multiple streams of income? And I think this is why we connect so much because I love the mission that you guys are on. What could you do for multiple streams of income? What can you do that you have more options? Because when we don't have more options or when we don't have options at all, or we perceive that we don't have options, it's very hard to move, right? You're going to stay stuck in the corner. You're going to be that little hamster on the wheel, like with people telling you to do more work or people requiring more things of you. And it's you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So tell us how you came up with the idea of female physician entrepreneurs. Was it a natural outcropping of you literally being a serial entrepreneur, it sounds like, along your journey? Was it that or did it how how did it evolve that you created a business out of it? Was it something you planned ahead of time? No, not at all. I evolved. I I truly wanted a place where women can come and learn about business, ask the questions and not feel bad about asking the questions because so many of us have, whether it's low self-esteem or we feel like we should know more, like even when it comes to finance, I should know more, but I don't. So where do I get this information and how do I ask about it? And the same thing with business. If if we don't know the basics, and I like this goes back to me leaving my practice, had I spent more time on the back end of the practice, like the back office, I would have done better because I was doing okay financially, but I would have been better off financially, right? I wouldn't have worked so hard. And that's what it comes down to. For the amount of time that you're working, you want to make sure that you're getting the best dollar possible back in your pocket. And if you're not, because you're not taking the time to learn about it or letting things fall on, like through the cracks or not looking over staff, whatever it is, you really need to do audits of everything, your time, relationships, business. So that's how it came up. I just wanted a place. I never thought of this as a business at all. And we can talk a little about this. Other people had the mission of, okay, I'm going to do a business, you know, and women physicians are my target market. And I always had a hard time with them. Like, this was a giving. This was my way of giving back. And you guys are coming in here and wanting to promote and advertise and not even advertise, just promote all the time. And I'm like, that's not what my mission is for this group at all. And then because of that, I think this is why I started offering the programs that I offer. You know, we meet Thursday nights. It's not an expensive program at all. It's just so that women have accountability and can talk amongst themselves. I never wanted to be an expert expert in business. I'm not. Not, I don't know that any of us are, but we have good speakers come on. And I just wanted a place again where people can learn about business, not have to pay a ton of money to learn it, but be better off for it. And so what it, when you're working with all these people and you're helping them kind of build their businesses, what are some of the common challenges that you're seeing entrepreneurs go through? And do you have any tips for people who are just starting a business now? What can they do to kind of fast forward their progress and get through those challenges a little bit faster. Let's see. I feel that people think it's going to happen overnight and it doesn't happen overnight. I also believe that people underestimate connections. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, connections are the biggest thing that you can do. We had a podcast earlier today, Letty and I, it is the best thing that you can do for your business. It's not all that you have to do. But you will get so much further ahead if you rely on connections or or make connections. You can create any connection that you want. It may not be with the person you want, but there's somebody similar out there. You have LinkedIn. You have all the social media programs. You can get emails of people. Just ask and reach out and you know have a conversation. Ask for help if you need it. See if there's a way to collaborate. So I believe that for any business out there, 
we as individuals, we need to take care of the opportunities. And what I mean by that is make those connections. That's what mistake is that I see. A lot of doctors, people starting their business, think they can just do it in a silo and that they're looking around and they're comparing to other people. And they're like, well, I don't understand. I'm not there yet. You're probably not there yet because you haven't made the connections. And one thing just seems to snowball into another. I think podcasts are a great way to do that because it gives you an opportunity to speak to other people, to learn, to ask questions. One of the things that I did, and if you go back to my early episodes of the podcast, it was always three basic questions. You know, what would you have learned if you were to do this again? Like, how would you approach it differently um, going on in the future? And that was it. I was so nervous doing the podcast. That's all I can concentrate on. And, you know, I look and I was embarrassed at the time, but I'm looking back, I'm like, but at least I started it. And at least I took some action. So when you don't take action, it's a problem. And then one of the things I did was the coaching. I have some coaching background, multiple different certifications, but that allowed me to be a better listener and not worry so much about, I have to get to the next question, like really listen to people. And when you start to listen and improve your listening, you will know that next questions to ask because they kind of lead you there. And then, you know, you'll have ideas pop in your head like, hey, what about this or what about that? And that's stronger now after the coaching that I've been through where I didn't always see that. It was always like, how does, you know, I have to ask this question. I wasn't, be present, be mindful. And that's another thing too. Be present with what is going on because you're so worried about tomorrow and getting to the goal that you don't enjoy the process or make the most of the process that you could right now. Yeah, I just want to reiterate some of those really great points that you made. Um, when we think about real estate, but we also think about semi-retired MD, the most important thing we've ever done is spend time on relationships. It's absolutely the most important because in real estate, it's your team that brings you the deals. And so if you spend the time to care about your team, to create those relationships, to put in the time, it's going to pay dividends in your success in finding deals. And same with semi-retired MD. I mean, part of the reason we're sitting here today is is Peter Kim and Bonnie Koo and Sunny Smith. And we still text almost every day. You know, we are a little community that helps each other, helps each other with new ideas. We bring in learning. We support each other when things aren't going well. We push each other to innovate, you know, and it, and ultimately it's, it truly, and, and they shared their list with us very early on. They were all affiliates, right? So it's those relationships that literally made our company what it is. And so you have to know that, that you have core people who you connect with and care about, and they care about you. It will get you so much further than trying to do it on your own. I think that was a really good point. When you daydream about your future, I'll bet it doesn't include you still working into your 60s and 70s. But unless you're actively taking steps to break the cycle of trading time for money, that's the future most of us face. Ignite Your Journey will lay out a roadmap to show you how to finally break that cycle and achieve true financial freedom. And it'll show you how to do it in just three to five years, rather than the 20 or so it takes for traditional investments or saving in your retirement accounts. For more information, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash IYJ. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Movement Mortgage. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. We've been working with Dan and his team for over eight years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close the deal. 
I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at srmd at movement.com to get a free consultation. And also let them know that you're part of the Semi-Retired MD community to get an exclusive discount on your next loan. Now back to the episode. Well, we were talking about some of the challenges you've seen in entrepreneurs, but I would like to shift it to you and and ask you, what are some of the challenges you faced uh, in growing your different businesses? Well, it revolves around the Facebook group, right? Um, Right now, currently. And so the biggest thing is always... Do you, you know, do you have a lot of advertisements? You want to help people, but at the same time, the over-promotion is too much for any Facebook group. In general, Facebook doesn't like you off the platform. So once you start putting links in, it's a problem. Again, it goes back to the people pleasing and trying to make people happy. It's really hard. And no matter what I've tried to do, it's very hard to get everybody on board. And it makes sense, right? You have a few thousand people, so not everyone's going to be happy. So I think Really, again, it goes back to you taking care of yourself, what fills your cup. And then because you are filled, if we can say it like that, you'll be a better leader. You'll be better at business because you're taking care of yourself and you're doing what's aligned with you and your values. I believe that once we start going to either people pleasing it's and it's not necessarily aligned with what your values are, your mission is, that's a problem because then you stretch and it, it's not really being authentic to yourself. And I know we throw around that word authentic a lot. But you want to go to bed, like put your head on the pillow at night and feel comfortable with everything that you've done and try to be the fairest that you possibly can. And if people get upset, just know that you've done the best that you can for right now with what you know. So I think that's really important too. As far as some of the other obstacles, I, you know, what can I say? I'm a people person. Like I realized early on how important connections are. And that has helped me tremendously. Has things changed? Do I have the shiny object syndrome? Yeah. So that's another obstacle for me. But I also believe that having the shiny object syndrome has allowed me to do different things. And I've learned in the process. And failure, does anyone like failing? But again, I think I've grown. I'm okay with it because I know that it's going to get me that much further ahead. I think the biggest thing is when I feel stuck. I'm like, I don't know what to do next. And I don't like that feeling. So one of the things, planning ahead of time, constantly meeting people. I I know I keep saying that, but when you're meeting people, the ball just keeps on going. Those are the things that I think are important. When, you know, Kenji asked me about what are the problems that I've faced, it's not the taxes or the lawyers. There's lawyers out there, there's accountants, there's specialists out there that can always help you with the business. That's not the problem. It's the basic, like, relationships and communication. I don't think I've always been the best communicator. And again, coaching can help, but working on communication can help. If you work on communication, you're less likely to have problems in all areas of life, personal life, professional life. So that's a really good point because we were kind of alluding to, um, you know, some of the challenges you have when you build a business with other people coming in and using your platform for advertising themselves. And we've seen this happen with a lot of different communities, but we're also talking about communication. And I think that there's a real, uh, there's been a lot of challenge in the last, let's say, six months with a lot of anti-physician business owner sentiment that we've all seen in our Facebook groups where people will come in and they'll say, 
you know, they shouldn't be charging anything. They should be doing this for free. They, you know, they, uh, they have this price. It's not fair or, you know, it's not a good time. Let's, you shouldn't be offering this. Like there's a lot of judgments by individuals against physician business owners and a lot of sense of what is right and what is the right amount to charge. And I wonder if you can comment on this because I know you've been involved in a lot of it and and it's like an extreme negativity under current that's been running through a lot of the groups. As far as charging, no one has a right to say, you know, you're charging too much. They can say it, but then that program isn't for you and you keep going. You know, everyone has, uh, how do I say this? Their value, it comes from what you think your value is. And if your value was $30,000 for a program or $50,000, you know, we can get into other names of people who are non-physicians who do masterminds for a day or weekends and spend a lot more than $30,000. That's their value. And that is truly up to them what they want to charge. You can either accept it or not. And it comes back to, can you appease everybody? And the answer is absolutely not. So if you have a program, that's your charge. That is your charge. As far as trying to uh, promote in the group, it's a problem. You know, if you've grown your community to wherever you've grown it to, I don't care if it's 500 people, it's still 500 people that, you know, you are free to go and create your community and build it. You are free to do Facebook ads. You know, we're talking Facebook here. You are free to, you know, go and do LinkedIn ads and Instagram ads. Everything is all up to you, but you have to do the footwork. And what I don't really respect is when people don't want to do the footwork, they just want it handed to them. I don't think I had things handed to me. You know, you could ask other people probably along the way. We all have to some degree, but no, I did a lot of work, you know, for my group. And this was a number of years back. I posted every day and it was crickets. And, you know, we talk about having low self-esteem. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm posting here and nobody's answering, nobody's liking. I didn't notice the group was growing, but there weren't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of engagement at all. And I really questioned myself. I'm like, I hope that this is okay, but you keep on going. And if it didn't feel okay with me, maybe I wouldn't have kept on going, right? I could have done something different. We are all free as business owners or individuals to have that opportunity. And if you don't have the opportunity, it goes back to creating that opportunity for yourself. But to come on someone's digital landscape and you know not be able to promote yourself, it truly is up to the group leader and what they want. Go and form your own group. And, and then as far as bad-mouthing other doctors, I don't have a lot of tolerance for that because as a community, doctors are suffering. So why would you make it worse by doing that? I, and again, there's no time for that. Letty and Kenji, I have unfriended people. I have unfollowed people. That takes up too much energy for me. You know, I um, and I've written to people and say, listen, I'm going to, you've asked me to leave your group because I didn't do this or that. I'm not joining. I'm going to pull you out of my group and I truly wish you the best, but there's no room in my life for that. Well, you can make room, but that's it's not going to help you get further, right? It's going to kind of tear you down. So where is your energy? We will have a certain amount of energy. Where are you going to spend it? Well, every night I talk to my husband, some things get to me. And so I talk to him about it. And I say to myself, geez, if I have to talk to Bob about this, this is energy and this is not worth my time. Mm. Wow. Some amazing things there. Yeah. In terms of the you mentioned legwork, right? And, you know, I think back to our journey going back to 2018, where we literally started a blog and we did it for a year and a half for free 
Uh, and we also helped hundreds of people actually for free back in the day, just to build that know, like, and trust factor, build up our email list so that we could, once we did have an offer, uh, which we didn't have for a long time, um, but once we did have an offer that uh, maybe people would buy from us. And I remember going out there the first time trying to sell a coaching program and really struggled, right? It was just like, we didn't know what to charge. We were like, oh, and then we had to justify the cost. And then, you know, who, you know, we were nobodies and nobody knew who we were, right? And and I just think back to the the sheer amount of legwork required to get to that point where you get a yes. I can't tell you how many no's we got throughout the process. You talk about failures. I mean, tons of failures that we experienced. And oh man, it's uh and and like you said, just just thinking about the people who come in and expect that they would they should just be handed a customer, right, and uh, maybe a coaching client or whatever, without doing that legwork, just makes me feel like man, it's a uh, it's part of the journey that I think is actually really rewarding if you do go through that effort uh, and uh, and you really kind of miss out on that satisfaction of saying, wow, I did this, right? I went through that. I did. I went through a lot of failures, a lot of no's, uh, a lot of effort, um, but it feels so good to be where I am because I know I put in that effort. Yeah. The one thing that we've uh, been disappointed about is there's not a lot of do- dialogue about you know, how to treat each other in these groups and, uh, and how to show up and contribute without going in and like direct messaging people or like trying to poach people from the group to be in your group. And there's just a lot of bad behavior going on. And, you know, at some point, there's going to be a a point where I think a lot of us leaders are going to get together and say, hey, these are really the rules of engagement, like, and one of them will certainly be don't attack each other. Like, that doesn't serve anybody. And being a physician entrepreneur, putting yourself out there, there's so much fear associated with there. There's so much you have to overcome internally to get to that point. And then so much you have to overcome in terms of building that community. And then to just have somebody go and just try to tear you down so they can gain some significance and feel good themselves, because clearly it's not coming from a place of them feeling good internally. Otherwise, they wouldn't have the need to attack anybody else. It would just be it wouldn't be worth it, right? It really, it has to become like that that is not accepted Mm -hmm. in in a large group way. And if it doesn't, we just block, delete. We have to, your life has to be filled. And if it's not filled, I did want to touch upon two things before we finish. Uh, Kenji, you mentioned email list. I didn't mention that at all. As far as building a business, guys, from day one, try to build that email list. Okay, you can never go wrong in having a large email list. And so that could be like an opt-in, offer something, webinar, just talk to people, but there's that's easy enough to do. And, and I'm going to th- also in your Facebook group, make sure you put have people who are joining your Facebook group put their email in because we made that mistake for about, I don't know, two and a half years. And that's a huge way to build your email list. I grew that group to 8,000 before I collected one email. Yeah. We talk about mistakes. That's a huge mistake. And then the other thing is copy. You could have a good program, but if your copy, your sales page, how you present it is not good. So that's maybe something you want to spend money on, uh, take some courses, learn it, give it away to someone to do it for you just to have a better message. That's really important as well. Awesome. Those are really great pearls. Well, so... So we finish every uh, interview with two questions. Uh, And so what is your definition of wealthy? Being able to retire today. That's my definition of wealthy. Amazing. And what is one mindset, habit, or strategy that you believe sets someone apart who is wealthy versus somebody who is not? 
making connections, having that growth mindset. I really do because there's so much to learn, you know, and and really wealthy is having health. You know, I'll, I'll go back and, and say that it's having health because without, you can have the money to retire, but if you don't have your health, then you have nothing. So having that growth mindset, oh, you may be stuck. You may, there may be tons of failures around you. You may totally regret what you're doing, but know that it's an obstacle and that you'll overcome it. And there's people out there willing to help you. And you'll grow because of that obstacle, right? And if, when, as soon as you start to see that obstacle is a positive thing, which is always something that to work on and something we still work on, right? But if you can re-look at that, at that obstacle as a positive thing, then it really allows you to grow and to do it with a lot more ease and a lot less suffering, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So Sharon, um, can you talk to everyone about how they can find you um, in your Facebook group? Yeah, the website is FPE Strong. It's short for Female Physician Entrepreneurs um, Strong. And also, I guess if you type all that out, I also have a domain that forwards to that. And then the Facebook group is Female Physician Entrepreneurs. It's been great talking to you, Kenji and Lydia. I love all the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon, for being here with us and and for sharing all those pearls on physician entrepreneurship and um, how you can grow when you're just starting out and then also how to treat each other, I think, as physicians, um, as in, we're in the entrepreneur space. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.